Not good. It's great. No. It's on theaters. It's awesome. I, I, I was a huge Spice Girls fan back in the day. You know, Parker, knowing your taste in music, that doesn't surprise me. <laughs> Some people might be shocked that Who you like the favorite? Spice Girls. At, at the time, I would say that my favorite was probably Scary Spice. Really? That does but surprise me. Now, I would say. Ah, dog. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks, Zelda. Zelda, <laughs> wait. <laughs> Please stop. Hello? Yeah, you got it. You did good. good. You did good. You did good. You win. Yeah, I don't uh, I don't know if I have a favorite Spice Girl because I didn't like the band or group or whatever you call Dumb. them. I uh, thought, see, I would have been like 13, which so is, I thought they were hot. That was about it. Which is the Spice Girl in the uh, Bo Selecta video. The one with the mask. <laughs> Oh look, there will be a cooking in the kitchen. <laughs> and this is my room. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I think it's, I think it's scary in those. Yeah, I think you're right. <laughs> Sounds about right. Actually, I Give like, I like scary now. I like sporty then. The one with the, uh, the the one that's a British girl that has uh, messed up teeth. <laughs> You know, that's the distinguishing huh. feature, I would say. Huh. Oh, Mel B. Yeah. That's oh, that's B. scary. That's scary spice, right? And then I, I was so. and then I like Mel C. Just, I I'm horrified at your knowledge of the Spice Girls. <laughs> I love the Spice Girls. I'm sorry. Again, you do well, just like it was like, really, really to be fair, I mostly had girlfriends in high school. And they were in the Spice Girls, so I just was like, Well, it's not brag. Yeah. Not maybe. girlfriends. Friends who were girls. Oh, oh. I like thought, I, I thought, like I thought I was, you were... I was their token gay friend. <laughs> and then I was like, guys, I'm not gay. I just keep telling them. They're like, no, no, you are. <laughs> You're like, well, this Come is confusing. Come to the changing room with me. I'm like, I, this is awkward because... <laughs> you're not into it, right? Clearly <laughs> you're not. <laughs> Clearly you're not. Which bra <laughs> looks best on me? I'm clearly, you, clearly you're gay. Let me see this. <laughs> clearly you're gay. Uh, I thought, I thought you were literally being like, yeah. Uh, uh, at, at 16 years old, uh, Lil Parker was just crushing it in, the, yeah. in that department, just no. nonstop. It, what, what's the opposite of crushing it? Uh, let's see. What was I doing? That, that was basically, what I was doing in high school, ruining everything. Guys, age 17, Matt Schaefer. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Awkward. That's Matt Schaefer in his prime. That was I Matt think Schaefer. this love is real. <laughs> this love is for real. <laughs> nice. Hey, everybody. Welcome to End of the Critic, a podcast where each week we talk about movies both new and on Netflix. Both of them. Yep, both of those. Except not for the past two weeks or the f- previous six weeks. <laughs> Get off our case! Hey, we're doing some Netflix movies. Yeah. Again, there's, there's nothing coming out. Just nothing. So, anyway, I'm Chris Klump. With me, as always, is Matt And? A sick Matt A very sick Matt I got a bit better since last week. <laughs> no, I have Movie magic! <laughs> and I'm Parker. I got better. And I'm Parker Spice. Parker Spice? <laughs> I'm Maddie Spice. Maddie uh, Spice. What's your Spice Girl's name, Chris? Um, Clump. Clumpy, Clumpy Spice. <laughs> I'm the one they don't talk about much and don't. Yeah, I'm not allowed to be. I'm She's the jo- clumpy. I'm the John Parker. She's a bit clumpy. <laughs> we don't let her on stage a whole lot. Oh, <laughs> good God. Anyway, this week's movie. <laughs> George C. Scott. Hey, she's the one that kind of fills us out a little bit. She's more of a home girl, you know? Oh, boy. <laughs> this week's movie is Patton. Patton what? Patton. Uh, I knew we were going to get it. Okay. Well, before we get into that, we don't really have any news to talk about either. Uh, we're going to discuss a few films that we saw during our break. Yeah, during our vacation during away our vacation. from having to watch movies. Well, I will say this. <laughs> what during the month, did you watch? I didn't watch the- any. <laughs> I did what I was supposed to Matt's do. Matt's like, I looked at a wall. Just a blank wall. And you're like, this great. is relaxing. I loved it. <laughs> I I purposefully uh, took a vacation from going to the theater. I don't think I went to the theater once. 
uh, in that that month. And my wallet. Well, there wasn't really me. anything in the theater. I still would have gone. Uh, <laughs> and my wallet was very happy. It was like, hey, not getting as much of a workout. Mm-hmm. Thank God. Mm-hmm. Um, as much of a workout, opening it, closing it. Yep. Yep. It doesn't like that. It yells at me in my sleep. <laughs> Leave me alone. Stop pulling money out of me. The money was comfortable. What do you think I'm there. made of? Money? Um, I'm only filled with it, Chris, you jerk. Chris, the only person who has mo- actual money in his wallet. I do. <laughs> I do. Actual dollars. <laughs> not much. Not many. Not, uh, not a card. Actual actual physical dollars. The cards get me in what trouble. What a chump. <laughs> Why don't you build up your debt like the rest of society, you I, idiot? I, why don't you use the credit cards? <laughs> That's free money. That's funny money. That's yep. good stuff. <laughs> so, uh, one of the films that I saw, basically I, I thought, I'm going to have to watch movies that I'm ashamed that I haven't seen yet. So one of those... That's the, best, the, that's the best thing to do on a vacation. Yep. Make yourself miserable. Yep. Yeah. Man, I can't believe I've seen this yet. Yep. Get in touch with your own shame. <laughs> so uh, one of the films I sat down and watched was the Akira Kurosawa's classic, The Hidden Fortress. Um, if Did they not, find it? Yes. Nice. Um, Spoiler alert. Review complete. That's right. Um, if you've never heard of this film... It wouldn't surprise me if you haven't heard of this yeah, film. It's made by that cartoon with Tetsuo. Uh, <laughs> no. Oh. It's made no. by that cartoon. It's made by another product. <laughs> another motion picture. Oh, uh, uh. No, this is the this is the film that uh George Lucas not so oh. subtly ripped off to write Star Wars. Hmm. Um So there's like Wookiees. Yep, yep, a lot of Wookiees. Lightsabers. A lot of lightsabers. No. Uh, the, the, the whole movie takes place in feudal Japan uh, during one of their great civil wars. Um, <laughs> one of the many. Th- there's many. And it it follows two greedy peasants who were lured by gold. Like They went off to war because they thought they'd make a lot of money as mercenaries got there and were immediately taken by the winning side. And were like, all right, you work for us now. You are our slaves. Yeah, um, and we don't pay you. Yep. Because we won you. Because that's yep. how slavery works. Um, <laughs> and they, they keep ex- escaping these different scenarios, and they eventually run into a man who uh, claims he's this general uh, from the other army, and he keeps luring them with gold. Um, and then throughout the movie you find that he is actually working with the princess of the losing side and he's trying to smuggle her out of the territory so she can rebuild the 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 nation they lost Mm. um so there are some like there's a lot of similarity obviously the two plus the two peasants in star wars is c-3po and r2-d2 ah yes Um, clear as clear as mud when when you when you see them, it's very it's oh, very one's clear. really really short. One's covered with gold, and the others like <laughs> the one doesn't stuck, talk a lot, but stuck whistles. In a trash can. No one whistles. Bleep, bloop, bloop. <laughs> um, so but I, it was it's it's really good. It it holds up. It's very you know f- for a movie that was made in 1958, it's pretty good. Cool. Uh, I, I enjoyed it thoroughly. Awesome. Parker, what did you uh, did you see anything since Matt yeah. hates movies? Uh, I I didn't take your advice and I went to see something in theaters. Ooh. I did see the newest Sin City installment, A Dame to Kill for. Yes. Um, yeah. I mean, it was good. Like it was. It was alright. <laughs> I mean, it was. It, it had that Sin City look and feel, which is always awesome. The the kind of black and white animationy kind of thing. Um, which was neat. I mean, the 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 kind of the where they went with it was a little bit cooler than the first one did. Like the kind of the shots and and the 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 shots of the city and stuff were cool. Okay, but I mean, it was pretty much just like more of the same. It wasn't. I mean, if you know the story already, I already knew the story having read the comic. I wasn't going to be surprised by anything, uh, but. It was it was a good representation of the comic. If you're if you're way into Sin City, you'll really like it. Um, uh, what's his name? Marv. Marv. Um, Marv. Um, Marv. Uh, played by Mickey, Mickey Rourke. Rourke. Mickey Rourke. I, I always forget if it's Merv or Marv. I think it's Marv. It's Marv. It's Marv. 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 Yeah, he has he has he has a, a, a I think a, I think more fun parts in this than he did in the first one. 
they definitely you know ramp up his He's, he, 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 like in the first one he was one of the more memorable mm-hmm. uh, yeah. characters and they they definitely give him a, a bunch of nice you know fun scenes and to you know showcases like you know attitude way of being right, and all right. that stuff mm-hmm. it's fun so you know he, he's he um again provides like some somewhat of a backbone to the many little bitty stories it, it's weird though when you go into it because you're watching this movie called a dame to kill for and um it's you know episodic like the first one like stories and the dame to kill for story is like first <laughs> And then it's over. Uh, and then you're yeah, like, that's a little weird. Okay, so there's still a bunch more <laughs> for the movie that the title was. Well, for. I guess it's better than just calling it Sin City Two. Yeah, yeah, definitely. that's true. I mean, it's it's the most like recognizable full story in it. The other story mm-hmm. is a continuation of the story from the first one, centered around uh, what's her name, Jessica Alba's character, mm-hmm. the dancer, oh, um, Ro- Rosie. No, something. Uh, the one, the one who's like the dancer that, it, yeah. that everybody's whatever obsessed over, yeah, and and her whole connection, Nancy. Nancy, yeah, her whole connection with the, with the like, with that dude that owns a bar and, and oh like, okay, you know, so it's like mm-hmm. a continuation of that story and her being haunted by the ghost of uh, Bruce Willis, her father, you know. Or boyfriend? No, it wasn't father. Yeah, <laughs> it was the cop who saved her. In yes, the, in the, the cop first, who saved her. Right, right, right. And like, so, so she's you know haunted by him, and you know she wants to avenge his death, and da da da. So it's a continuation of that story. So oh, okay. So that's kind of how they end it. And then there's um, there's another sh- story with uh, Joseph Gordon Lovett, which is good. Um, that's a nice that's a nice one too. So uh, overall, I think it was a worth seeing. I don't think you need to see it in theaters. You can wait. It'll be out. On DVD, I'm sure, like next week. <laughs> but um, you know, it's fun. It's always fun to see a Robert Rodriguez movie because oh, yeah. he, you know, he's doing he's he's kind of like doing his own thing, which is always cool. Like I'm I'm glad that he exists and he's like having fun with his like ability to just be like, I got my own stuff. I just make my own movies. Yeah, I don't exactly. need Hollywood. Yeah, he does everything independently. <laughs> it's kind of cool. Yeah, that's that's but, sweet. Yeah, it it was good. Cool. Uh, one of the other movies that I watched that I wanted to, wanted to talk about quick. Um, I sat down and watched a uh, film called uh, The Mission. Not every time I talk about the, every time I was talking about this movie, somebody would go, "Oh yeah, I heard about that. It's that Robert De Niro film." No, no, not that one. <laughs> um, a Hong Kong crime drama mm. directed by Johnny Two. Um. I'd heard about this movie because I saw another film of his called Vengeance, which is on Netflix Instant and is very worth checking. It's it's amazing. It's really good. Um, this is an, an earlier movie that he had done, uh, and it centers around a uh, mob boss that has a hit put out on him, and the, 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 the attempt is uh, botched, so he makes it out alive. So he hires... Uh, six hitmen to be his bodyguards. And the movie just has this really amazing, like, uh, uh, like crew on a mission kind of feel to it where, you know, like, like the inner workings between the guys and them getting to know each other and stuff like that. Uh, it has this, I, I, I wish I could find it. It has, uh, it, the entire soundtrack is one song. What? And the most, and most of that song is just one guy with one finger hitting one key on the keyboard. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to try to find what? it real quick here because it's hilarious. Yep. Is <laughs> the only music in the whole whole movie? How? And they like the rest of the movie is just like, like just dialogue, and then something incredibly badass will happen, and then this will fully just start up. So, yeah, so. the mission, <laughs> check it out. <laughs> yes, um, it's 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 really good. It it's like I didn't want to give it back uh, to net because I had to get it through Netflix discs. And... It was on YouTube, just so you know. Is it on YouTube? People can watch it on YouTube. Oh, hot damn! <laughs> 
<laughs> All right, watch the whole thing on YouTube. Seriously, do it. With it's, subtitles. It's great. It's really good. Uh, See, so yeah, I watched that. But All right, well. Oh, I saw one last thing. Okay. Uh, I finally saw Monsters University. I'd kind of, like, missed it and then was, like, hesitant because it's a sequel. Did you like it? It was really, really good. I like it almost as much as the first one. I agree. Yeah. Wow. I liked it. It was very it's really fun. good. Well, it was very fun. I felt the same way. I was like a Pixar sequel. Right. I, don't I mean, know. Cars 2 is like everybody's like. But now, Cars is not right. that great. Right. Like Cars, Cars Well, I like Cars 1. Cars but like Cars decent. 2 is so is bad that, that now you're kind of like, uh, yeah. I'm nervous yeah. about yeah. any sequel because maybe it's just a, like a money grab, which I completely understand. I'm not against Cars 2 being made. Cause like that's just uh, so much money. These, mo- these movies got to be financed that's, somehow. <laughs> yeah, I'm gl- I'm glad that they make the money, however they have to make it. But I was it made me nervous for any other sequels, and so like you know I know in- Incredibles is coming out, and you know I'm like because oh, Incredibles is so good. Monsters University definitely held up to the the, the bar that the first one set. Really? Okay. Um, for sure, it's got just awesome moments in it. Um, some, some of the best new, ones that, the new that I thought, are awesome. yeah, oh, for sure. And uh, the one scene that I thought, I was like, oh, I, I, I bet you when Matt saw this, he was la- like loving it. When the mom sleeps, when they go to sneak into the factory to check it, to get inspired, Mike Wazowski takes them to the, to, you know, the scare, the scare factory. factory yeah. And like, and then the mom's there, like had driven them, the one dude's mom. And then he's like, I'll just be here listening to my tunes. And she rolls her window up and it's like, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> It's like the heaviest, yeah. death, it's like converged level yeah. music, like ever because everything in the monster world, the idea is that it's like you know the deodorant's like odorant and everything's right, disgusting. Yeah. Like the one shot is like the the person like they have this buffet at the at you know like at the college and the, and the chef comes out and just picks up the garbage can and then just dumps it back onto the buffet <laughs> and everyone's like oh like, so like everything's always gross but yeah there's this like super like. Like very straight laced, or like very like, you know, mom. The 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 fraternity that they join is is this really like the the nerd fraternity, and like she, it's at this dude's this kid's like house where his mom lives. Oh, you you're not gonna be able to hear it. Um, Have fun, kids. I'll just be here listening to my tunes. <laughs> that was a great movie, but yeah, there, there's a bunch of scenes in it. It's got it's great because it's you know it's set in they go to college, so they got they have all that amazing stereotypes to work with that every great funny college movie has done. I was like say- nerds to like you know mm. whatever. Like every great college movie has these like moments, and and they and they mind all of them for this film. Oh, that's that's you the know, way to do it. It's definitely, that's definitely great. The way and. To go. and 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 it's got a great cat, you know. Charlie Day is in it. He's mm-hmm. the he's like this philosophy major. It's just like, yeah. It, yeah, I was I was I was very very happy because that now I'm not as worried about Pixar sequels. I mean, it took me a while to see it because I've just been like eh, nervous, but it 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 definitely yeah, gave. They definitely me, found a way to kind of capture the magic of the first yep. one, but also not rehash it. I mean, it's yeah. completely different yep. setting. Even the yeah. characters themselves, because it's a prequel, they're younger. Right. They have different dynamics to yep. them. That yeah, like in the, first the like movie. you know, for the first half of the movie, Mike and Sully are like at odds for the mm-hmm. for the first half of the film, which you know they're best friends. So he's like the jock, right? Like, right. Yeah, he's totally like not paying attention and yeah. not caring, and it was great. I I, I liked it, and, and and it also was still able to retain the the Pixar message which is like kind of their thing you know mm-hmm. that's their 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 like kind of bread and butter is that they have these awesome like this awesome message in every film that like really like gets to the heart of a matter you know like a South Park episode or something right. like just they always have this moment where you're like oh awesome and cars 2 didn't have that because it was they didn't really need to right. they were just trying to make a lot of money which it was whatever a commercial Yes, it was just a big commercial. A lot of toys. And but this one, even though it was a sequel, was still able to have that moment mm-hmm. where, you know, they kind of, you know, like they have this great moment where they, you know, they get kicked out of college and then it's like, "Oh, what are we going to do now?" and the woman's like, you know, uh, you know, the the dean who like, you know, had no choice but to kick them out of college just kind of makes this offhand comment like, you know, like saying that they did a good job even though she had to kick them out and just saying like why don't you just keep surprising me 
And like, and then they like, you know, look in the paper and they start like in the mail room at at monster at the, at the, oh, at the, at factory. the factory. And so the yeah. the ending credits is just like a montage of working them working their, their way, way up. up the corporate la- or nice. the ladder at the thing to get where they are in Monsters Inc. Where they're like working the scare floor. And so it's like a great story of just kind of being like, look, you you don't need you know if you have the drive. You don't need some like degree. Like if you have the drive and and you care about something, you right. don't need necessarily need a degree if you work hard and right. blah blah blah. And your ideas are more important too. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And so like and and then they have the great you know uh, message of like the smallest among us can do the 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 best you know in certain situations because mm-hmm. they like you know like think about things or whatever. Like you see, you can make a, a difference even if you're like a small fish in a surrounded by big fish. You know. You could still uh. make a big difference. And so, like, I was like, awesome. Like, you know, I was really, you know, worried that it would be, like, just, eh, just whatever. Just a schlocky comedy. Yeah, just like, oh, yeah, look, they're in college, which, like, I still probably would have enjoyed. But, mm-hmm. like, they, they still were able to maintain the yeah. Pixar level that they hmm. normally do, which yeah, I, 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 I would put it right up against the first one. Definitely. Really? Yep. Well, then I'm going to have to check it out. Because yep. yep. me, me and Melissa are big fans of the first ones. So. Yeah, yeah. All right, well, moving on to our feature presentation. We saw Patton. And now you need to splice in, just like immediately splice in the the, the, the speech. The speech. <laughs> like that needs to be done. No, poor dumb bastard. <laughs> Ever won a war by dying for his country. <laughs> he won the war by making the other poor dumb bastard die for his country. Is. Uh, do, you need to, do you need a synopsis? It's uh, about, what is the synopsis? No, it's I guess about not. George S. Patton. George S. Patton. Famous World War II general. Oh. Uh, yeah. Viewer discretion is advised. <laughs> I love it. You see that? I want you to remember that no bastard ever won a war by dying for his country. He won it by making the other poor dumb bastard die for his country. <laughs> the beginning of an amazing so, speech. So badass. Yeah. <laughs> now you wanted to know if that speech ever took place. Yes, it, it did. I, it it did. did, but it didn't take place in the exact order. Ah. Uh, it was kind of clipped out and and made into a different way. But yeah, I, I went. I went. I was. I remember. I was obsessed with speeches for a while, and I went to some Barnes and Noble, and there was like a book, and I read through the the real speech, and it's got it's got all the great moments from the speech. But just in a completely different order, okay. and also peppered in with like a lot of stuff that if they would have put in the movie, it would have been weird and out of context. Right, like just like real, very specific stuff to the people he was talking to. Oh, you know, okay. like I'd like to thank General something something for his blah blah blah. You know, like just like that, that kind of stuff. The yeah. minutia that you have to do when you're giving a, a real actual speech. Right, right. But um, but yeah, all those moments he actually said this. Well, I, 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 I'm, normally, I would ask, "What did you guys think of this movie?" I think we can all say, yeah. flat, "We love this movie." <laughs> um, this movie was, or in, in my opinion, should have made your top ten list for uh, movies that make you feel like a badass. But I'm glad it didn't, so that we could have this episode. Well, if you remember, it was on the cutting room. Oh, that's floor. right, that's right. It got it, it was got, it was up there, but we decided to, to yeah, yeah. Um, and I'm glad we did, so we could have this episode. Yeah. Um, you would not think that a th- nearly three-hour uh, biopic on a general in World War II would be just really kick-ass. It kick is very ass. much about him. Oh, yeah, it's very, yeah. it is him. Um, <clears throat> it, but it is. It is incredibly, it is just really just badass. <laughs> the things that <laughs> Patton says, just just his speeches alone, just, just, his, just his way of talking was yeah. just so incredible. Um, constantly like me and me and Matt sat down and rewatched it for this episode, uh, and we were constantly laughing simply because it is so obvious that Patton would never be able to be a general in this day and age. Right? Oh, right. Oh Just my God! Never would he make it because mm-hmm. everything is so political, and with social media, no matter what you say, well, it goes. It's like, it already was knows. at that time, but it's so much more so today. Yeah, yeah. which is yeah. exactly I. The character of Patton is so great because he's this, he's so like self-aware. Right. 
in that he considers himself to be this like person that's totally out of his time. Mm-hmm. Um, to the point where he literally believes he was reincarnated as like he he spent a previous yeah. life as some great general, <laughs> some great in general in the age. past. Yeah, yeah. Um, which so is who you want as a general? I mean, right. That's, yeah. That's just, like I mean, political politics aside or whatever. That's who you actually want fighting you. You don't want somebody that's like able to like keep everybody happy in a political sense. <laughs> like, right. Right. That's not. That's who you want. Heading the army on this side of things, you know, that's who you want heading up the military on the, the, like the state PR, side. The PR side. <laughs> Chris and I talked about this. Patton would never work in today's warfare because he would just be pissed off the entire time. Yep. Because it's the not enemy, like it's not an enemy. That the enemy doesn't any fight rules. fair. Yeah, he wants to. He wants like in the, that one speech where they're like before he goes up against Rommel's army. Yeah, and he says, "If I had my way, I would." Just we would meet in battle, shake hands. I'd get in my tank, he'd get in his, yep. and we'd square off. And that's what he wanted. Mm-hmm. Like that's the way he wanted to yeah, fight. That doesn't happen anymore. Um, <laughs> yeah, and even the, even his, his aide says like, eh, it's too bad jousting's gone out of style, sir. Yeah. Uh, he says it's it's like your poetry. It doesn't fit in today's world. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, just just when when I think of this movie, I just think of great moments of George C. Scott just yelling things <laughs> yeah. or just just saying the most badass stuff uh just just a, like a, a, a perfect example is the scene where um he's talking with the british uh air force and they're like we have air superiority and all of a sudden the germans come down and start you know uh bombing and shooting the place up with their... in africa uh yeah yeah, yeah. And he gets on top of the. He gets. He, he climbs. He gets he's on like, top of the car. He's like, enough of this fire. crap! And he starts shooting his pistol at the plane. <laughs> and then he said, "I don't know who was flying that, but I'd give him a medal because uh, it, it got him the air supporting." That's needed. the thing too. He's like so oddly complimentary of the enemy. Oh yeah. Like he's like in love with Rommel. Like to the, like he he respects him to such a great degree. That like he's constantly like singing his praises, even though the whole movie he's trying to overtake him. Yeah, he's yeah. trying to defeat him, the blow whole time. the shit out of him. Um, it's just, it's really yeah. He's, like he's again, so that scene crazy. where they're like right before the tanks attack and they're sitting there, or the tanks start attacking, and he's like, man, or he just goes, wow, it's a waste of good infantry. Yeah, <laughs> yep. <laughs> and that, yep. and then of course that scene where he's like, Rommel, you magnificent bastard, I read your book. Ah, <laughs> uh, there's just so many moments like that where you're like, this should not make me want to like get up and yell but it does <laughs> yeah definitely <laughs> <laughs> um so I, I mean obviously george c scott's acting in this is superb yeah um but we've also talked even beyond him the movie's very well shot oh absolutely um, it's well for shot. a very long film it's paced well yeah it doesn't it doesn't feel like a three-hour movie no at all um the We've also talked about how, as far as like tank warfare goes, there haven't been many movies that you think of that do a good job displaying that. No, um, even though this is from 1970, it holds up. It holds up very, very well. well. The this is the this is um the fir- one of the first movies that my um, father-in-law got on VHS. He was like way ahead of his time with owning like a lot of that equipment. Like he was like a way, like way into like the way we are now, you know, like he mm-hmm. was then. Mm-hmm. And it, the way it worked was you basically paid for a movie when you went to go rent it. You mm-hmm. basically gave them the amount it would cost. And then if you returned it, you would get X amount back. Right. You get like 75% back or like 90% back. And he just kept it. <laughs> he it, watched and, it and then it was like, nope, not returning it. And wasn't like v- VHS back then were like, it was, 50, like, yeah, 60 it was I think it was eighty dollars. Yeah, it was two. It was two VHS oh tapes. Yeah, that doesn't, so yeah, he bought this movie nuts. for eighty dollars on VHS tape. And I'm Money like, well spent, sir. Yeah, it's ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> but like, I mean, that's like, like that was so like I can't wrap my mind around the idea of like you know this this would have been like the, the when the forefront of VHS before people knew it was going to be a viable thing for the for the average Joe. The idea that you would go like like people say, uh, my uh, growing up, this one guy, uh, his family friend was telling me about their their obsession with Star Wars 
was the fact that like the, a lot of people were, were going to see this movie in theaters over and over and over again because you think you're there's no other way to see it. Right, right. So like if I don't contain the movie completely in my head after seeing it, like if you'll, I don't remember never, everything, right. I'll never be able to relive it or anything. So I'll just have mm-hmm. my memories. Mm-hmm. So I need to see it as many times as I possibly can. And like... I mean, that's even that late. Like, I, I understand that for, like, early movies, like Metropolis or, 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 or something. Or until they show it on TV. Right. Right, but until like, TV like, rights get taken. Yeah, like, that That wasn't even, like, there was no, like, there was no possibility of that happening anytime soon, though. Right. Like, when well, Star Wars is in theaters in, like, 70-whatever, like, it's like, uh, you know, I gotta just see this movie over and over and over, and over, and over, again. And over again, and it's like... That's terrifying to me. Like to imagine to go see a movie in theaters, and then it's like you walk out of the theater. It's like, do you remember all of it? Yep, because you'll never be able to see those images ever again. Yeah, once it That's gets it. taken it's off, done. it's Which done. Which is funny to me because I wonder. I don't know. I wonder if there was discussion by the film industry back then of, of like, like whether they should this even. Is gonna, run, yeah. This is gonna oh, ruin they they tried. They movies. they flat out tried to get it illegalized. I bet. No, I mean, like, like, because like, I bet their logic was like, well, people could this, just watch yeah, movies. This will ruin this. They, they literally, when, when the, when the VHS player was invented, they lobbied Congress to outlaw it. Mm-hmm. Um, which I find hilarious that every single time another advancement in home theaters, right. mm-hmm. they, the, the first thing the movie industry does is try to make it illegal. Yeah. They yeah. try to do that with movies on the internet and streaming and all that stuff. When Netflix did their, when Netflix really broke with streaming. They tried to make it illegal, and it's mm-hmm. like, it's, it, you're not going anywhere. Calm yeah. down. Nothing's yeah. going to, even the greatest home theater system is still, unless you're a millionaire, is still not going to compare. And doesn't replace the social construct of going exactly. to movies. Exactly. I mean, I, yeah. I think that's the big thing that like is going to be so hard to replace. Like yeah. Ultimately, the idea of going to the movies as an event. Yeah, mm-hmm, is different sure. than just sitting at home and watching. Oh, exactly. Plus, plus, like, I mean, it, I mean, and I'm sure every movie theater knows this, but like, maybe the film industry as a whole might like be oblivious to it. I don't know, but like, th- I I would say that the the people that are spending the most money at a theater would be like teenagers trying to get out of the house. Yep. Mm-hmm. So like, the only thing you're worried about is rich old people that have like made enough in their lives and have a house of mm-hmm. their own that they can build a theater or have like a, a home theater that's perfect. Like like it, you can have the best theater and then your teenage son or daughter is going to be like I'm still going out to the movies. Right. Cuz right. I don't want to sit in this effing house. Yes, I just want to go I want to go anywhere else but here. So I I'm just going to go and see the the whatever dumb horror movie or you know, parody film. It does, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Remember the Spartans or whatever Ugh. nonsense is in the theaters. I'll go because I'm a teenager and I have money because I have mm-hmm. some dumb job and I have no responsibilities and I need to get out of my parents' house. <laughs> exactly. So yeah, movie theaters forever. <laughs> um, one of the one one of the things I wanted to talk about with this movie, the music, uh, yeah. was done by Jerry Goldsmith. Um. Who is often called uh, uh, John Williams Light? Uh, <laughs> if you can't afford John Williams, get Jerry Goldsmith. He does a phenomenal job with mm-hmm. the score. Uh, it's absolutely incredible. The the the, the main title theme, um, and oddly enough, the first time I'd watched this movie was uh, not that long ago. It was within the last like six months. It was the first time I saw this film because I remember Matt got really upset with me when I was like, "Oh, I've never seen Patton," and you're like, "You are an ass. You need to go see this movie now." <laughs> um, Sounds true. The seems like something I'd do. Uh, uh, something that I f- I found interesting that Parker is going to groan about greatly. Uh, the opening to the main theme in Patton was used in an episode of Star Trek. <laughs> Great. Uh, oddly enough, Jerry Goldsmith also wrote the music for Star Trek. So, great. Uh, but yeah, the, I'm, 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 I'm really glad to have educated you on that. Partner. I'm glad I'm, I'll, I'll do my best to continually bring up any time a movie has some parallel to Star Trek. Oddly enough, the uh, uh, actor Michael Strong, uh, the guy who plays the uh, Brigadier General, um, he also did an episode of Star Trek. So. 
so have has anybody seen or heard of the made for TV sequel, The Last Days of Patton? I heard of it. I haven't seen it. <laughs> I don't know that I want to see it. But it's got it's got George C. Scott in it reprising his role, and it's based on Patton's final weeks after being mortally injured in a car accident, and so he has all these flashbacks <clears throat> to his life. But it's got George C. Scott in it again. Oh, well, maybe I'll watch it then. I was going to say, he, he died before the war was over, right? Didn't he? I don't know. Shortly thereafter... Yeah, shortly after... December 9th, 1945, Patton was involved in an automobile accident that seriously injured his spinal column. So he died in December 21st, 1945. Yep. Hmm. Yep. Hmm. That's a shame. Sorry, bud. Oh. Well, I I, I also feel that just from what we've seen in the movie that the... That's uh, okay. He'll come back as some sort of like crazy space... Warlord, space warlord. Yeah, I, d- I did. I did like the one. The one thing you had said, Matt, we were watching is uh, that like Patton like was general in the la- kind of the last phase where our attitude of generals were like lovers of war. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Where it's like, mm-hmm. no, we have to fight, and that was after World War Two. It was like, do we have to? Can yeah. we do? Other thing, can yeah. we possibly can we, can talk we try it out? Try to talk it out. Where Patton, he, I love at the end of the movie, he was like, "We got the army here. Let's just invade the Russians." <laughs> yeah. Why, why are Why are we? You give me an army, and I'll take Russia. <laughs> yep. Uh, like when when and and especially when uh, 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 was it General uh, Bradley says to him, "You know, I do this because I was trained to do it. You do this. You do it because you love, you love it." it. <laughs> he wasn't the only one though. Um, I distinctly remember reading about how. MacArthur, I think it was or no, which general was it? Um, the uh, in, in, in the in the the head of the Pacific Theater, I forget his name too now because I know it's really upsetting. Yeah, it was MacArthur. Okay, yeah, yeah. I, MacArthur, I MacArthur. Um, during North Korea, uh, when things were starting to to turn around, he was like, you know what? Let's just nip this in the bud. Let's just nuke China. <laughs> he like seriously brought like he wow he, that's he, he he seriously wanted to do that he was almost ready to disobey Truman <laughs> and do it because he was like this is gonna stop this will stop the communism problem if we can take China and do exactly what I did in Japan we'll bomb it to hell Ugh. we'll take over and then I'll like which like to his credit. It worked in Japan, like as awful as it yeah, was. Yeah, okay. It worked but, in Japan, but, but um, still. But yeah, he was like totally ready to do that, oh, and then Truman yeah. like fired him behind his back. That's that's awful <laughs> and horrifying. Mm-hmm. But yeah, like that was again bet, like bet, that la- the George, last era. I bet I bet George would say that that was a good idea. Oh, Pat, again, <laughs> watch it from what from what I learned of the man in this movie. The, the dude just no. I'm talking fight. about George Brown. <laughs> he also, I agree. He also, would he would probably that. think that that was a good idea, historically speaking. <laughs> probably also, maybe George Brown is Patton. George Patton? No, he's not nearly as animated. No, no. Um, yeah, like uh, uh, this movie's just chock full of just so many memorable scenes, um, and just 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 some great dialogue. Uh, not a lot of action. There's um, some, some definitely There's some. some. It's a war movie. It's not a. It's not, no, we, it's not a normal movie. war movie when no. you think of a war no, movie. No, no. Um, but it is still like just riveting. Again, in, in an age of cell phones, uh, I don't think I picked mine up once. And and I, just, I, I just, fell asleep, but that's because I was. Well, you were exhausted <laughs> and had a little too tired many, and had like, little, little little too much beer in you. Uh, no, it was mimosas. <laughs> oh, had, oh. Like, Two giant of my dinosaur chalice of mimosa. <laughs> Jeez, that that's a lot of mimosa. Yeah. Uh, no, yeah, because I I did know that when you came over, you're like, uh, I've, I'm not feeling too good. I'm like, you all right? Uh, a little too much booze. <laughs> and my first thought cool. was, and Matt, you drove it's, there. It's, it's, nice, awesome. It's it's noon. <laughs> good. Good. <laughs> it's noon, Matt. <laughs> that awesome. was after I had drank at Chris's house. Oh, okay, cool, awesome. Yes, yes, it was after. It was after. <laughs> it was after. <laughs> The cool thing is that, uh, um, you know, the the script was worked on by what 
uh, Francis Ford Coppola yeah. and Edmund North. And they actually, uh, in talking about your the speech, they toned down the actual speech to avoid an R rating. Damn! Because the actual speech has a lot more cursing in it. That wow! Yeah, they had they, so when he says fornicating, that that he doesn't just say, he he just just says the word. <laughs> wow! Um, that actually surprises me that it doesn't have an R rating because there's some brutal. There's brief, some brutal, brief yeah, scenes, scenes of, of violence, violence and, yeah. and devastation, like when they first show Africa. Oh like yeah, that's charred scene. bodies and Ugh. stuff. Oh, or or yeah. that scene where the the American tanks run out of gas and they're like, "Well, I guess we're fighting here." Mm-hmm. Uh, and then they show the aftermath of just like you know they went yeah. to hand to hand combat. But yeah. then oh that scene where he like he tells the general and he tells Patton that and Patton just leans in and kisses him on the forehead. Mm-hmm. That's right. He he like treats war like it's like romantic. Yeah, yeah. He's like, thank you for doing this mm-hmm. for me. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, well, uh, why don't we uh, why don't we give this a rating, guys? I'll give it one poor dumb bastard that <laughs> died for his country out of one poor dumb bastard that made the other poor dumb bastard die for his country. Nice, nice. nice. A lot of poor dumb bastards in that. Yep. Parker, you got anything? Uh, <laughs> I give it. Uh, man, I give it uh, three out of the third army. Nice. <laughs> I'm gonna give the, it the eight. army that he's talking to. In I'm, <laughs> I'm gonna give it eight out of the eight Academy Awards that this movie wow. won. Is this the one where he boycotted, or was that another one? Nope. This is one of the. This is the. the I think this is the first one that he boycotted. Mm. George C. Scott has never like he never accepted any of his Oscars. Okay. Uh, that he was nominated for or won, for political reasons. Hmm. So I think to end out this podcast, we should uh, go to the real speech and then like take turns reading each one of these paragraphs because this is just you a great speech. sent it to me via Facebook, so we all have the same one. Basated men. All this stuff you hear about America not wanting to fight, wanting to stay out of the war, is a lot of bullshit. <laughs> Americans love to fight. All real Americans love the sting and clash of battle. When you were kids, you all admired the champion marble shooter, the fastest runner, the big league ball players, and the toughest boxers. Americans love a winner and will not tolerate a loser. Americans play to win all the time. That's why Americans have never lost and will never lose a war. The very thought of losing is hateful to Americans. Battle is the most significant competition in which a man can indulge. It brings out all that is best and removes all that is base. You are not all going to die. <laughs> Only 2% of you right here today would be killed in a major battle. <laughs> Every man is scared in his first action. If he says he's not, he's a goddamn liar. But the real hero is the man who fights even though he's scared. Some men will get over their fight in under in a minute oh, under fire. Some take an hour, and for some it takes days. But the real man never lets his fear of death overpower his honor, his sense of duty to his country, and his innate manhood. All through your army career, you have bitched about what you call this chicken shit drilling. That is all for a purpose, to ensure instant obedience to orders and to create constant alertness. You must be bred in that. This must be bred into every soldier. I don't give a fuck for a man who is not always on his toes. But the drilling has made veterans of you, of all you men. You are ready. A man has to be alert all the time if he expects to keep on breathing. If not, some German son of a bitch will sneak up behind him and beat him to death with a sock full of shit. There are four hundred. <laughs> There are 400 neatly marked, neatly marked graves in Sicily, all because one man went to sleep on the job, but they're German graves because we caught the bastard asleep before his officer did. An army is a team. It lives, eats, sleeps, and fights as a team. This individual hero stuff is bullshit. The bilious bastards who write that stuff for the Saturday Evening Post don't know any more about a real battle than they do about fucking. (laughs) And we have the best team. We have the finest food and equipment, the best spirit, and the best men in the world. Why, by God, I actually pity these poor bastards we're going up against. 
All the real heroes are not storybook combat figures. Every single man in the army plays a vital role. Don't ever let up. Don't ever think that your job is unimportant. What if every truck driver decided that he didn't like the the wine of the shells and turned yellow and jumped headlong into a ditch? That cowardly bastard could say to himself, hell, they won't miss me, just one man in thousands. What if every man said that? What in the hell would we be then? No, thank God Americans don't say that. Every man does his job. Every man is important. The ordnance men are needed to supply the guns. The quartermaster is needed to bring up the food and clothes for us because where we are going, there isn't a hell of a lot to steal. Let every last man in the mess hall, every, every even the one who boils the water to keep us from getting the GI shits, has a job to do. Each man must think not only of himself, but think of his buddy fighting alongside him. We don't want yellow cowards in the army. They should be killed off like flies. If not, they will go back home after the war, goddamn cowards, and breed more cowards. <laughs> the brave men will breed more brave men. Kill off the goddamn cowards, and we'll have a nation of brave men. One of the bravest men I saw in the African campaign was on a telegraph pole in the midst of furious fire while he was moving towards Tunis. I stopped and asked him what the hell he was doing up there. He answered, fixing the wire, sir. Isn't it a little unhealthy up there right now? I asked. Yes, sir, but this goddamn wire has to be fixed. I asked, don't those planes strafing the road bother you? And he answered, no, sir, but you sure as hell do. Now there's a real soldier, a real man, a man who devoted all he had to his duty, no matter how great the odds, no matter how, no matter how, un, uh, how seemingly insignificant his duty appeared at the time. And you should have seen the trucks on the road to Gabies. Those drivers were magnificent. All day and all night they crawled along those son-of-a-bitch roads, never stopping, never deviating from the course with shells bursting all around them. Many of those men drove over 40 consecutive hours. We got through on good old American guts. These were not combat men, but they were soldiers with a job to do. They were part of a team. Without, without them, the fight would have been lost. Sure, we all want to go home. We want to get this war over with. But you can't win a war lying down. The quickest way is to get it over with is to get the bastards who started it. We wait to get the hell over there and clean this goddamn thing up and then get at those purple pissing Japs. The quicker they are whipped, the quicker we go home. The shortest way home is through Berlin and Tokyo. So keep moving. And when we get to Berlin, I am personally going to shoot that paper-hanging son of a bitch Hitler. (laughs) When a man is lying in a shell hole, if he just stays there all day, a Boshi will get him eventually. Well, the hell with that. My men don't dig foxholes. Foxholes only slow up an offense. Keep moving. We'll win. <laughs> okay, I'm done. <laughs> I was about to say, damn. I was uh, to- yeah, I'm done. Yeah, <laughs> well, there was one part that I, I always like. Um, but, oh, yeah. D- d- I love this part. I don't want any messages saying I'm holding my position. We're not holding a goddamn thing. We're advancing constantly. And we're not interested in holding anything except the enemy's balls. We're going to hold him by his balls and we're going to kick him in the ass, twist his balls, and kick the living shit out of him all the time. Our plan of operation is to advance and keep on advancing. We're going to go through the enemy like shit through a tin horn. (laughs) Amazing. I love it. Yes, that's... I'm I'm very glad they cleaned that speech up for the movie. (laughs) I had no idea it was... Because when, when I'm watching the speech in the movie, I thought, there's no way. This is so ridiculous. Now that I'm reading this, uh, <laughs> no. Worse. Even worse. It's, it, the original speech like, is far more But ridiculous. obviously, I mean, like, that's what it's got to be like when you're talking to the army. Like, I mean, yeah. like, those oh, dudes yeah. are like, like, they're just around other, like, men drilling and just going, like, out of their minds, like, thinking about being dead soon. Like, the right. last thing they want is somebody like... You guys are all amazing men. You're all heroes. Hey, you're, you're, you're all good fellas. wonderful. You're doing a great job. Great right, job. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> you go uh, over there and uh, do we'll... all that stuff that I'm not going to do. <laughs> yep. That's nuts. So, yeah, I, I I don't have enough good things to say about this movie. I can't. It's just so good. You need to go see it. Yep. It is. It is. Like I said, it's three hours long, but that's not that much of a stretch. Um. If you, if you watch the Christopher Nolan film, 
Just tack Almost another twenty. Long. Just tack another twenty minutes on. Mm-hmm. There you you're go. good to go. There's intermission. Get a beer. Uh, so, fall asleep. Right. Yeah, do what Matt did. Fall yeah. asleep for like you're ten only gonna, minutes. You're only going to miss some of it. <laughs> Although I do distinctly remember the part that I missed was when he has the part in the winter when he asks for he asks for the prayer. Yeah, and he's like, yeah. you better make it a good goddamn prayer. <laughs> Because listen, I know the Almighty, and I know if it's a good prayer, he'll he'll listen. Yep. <laughs> oh, that's another great part when the 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 one preacher goes through and he goes, "Oh, I noticed there was a Bible by your nightstand. You you find time to read it? Yep, every goddamn night." <laughs> uh, and on that note, all right, well, that about wraps it up here for us on Enter the Critic. Not sure what our next movie is going to be because I'm not sure when something good's going to come out. I really. think I think the next one was Box Trolls. Yeah, is box that the Box Trolls? Are we doing Box Trolls next week? Hot diggity so. daffodils. Whoa. Hot diggity daffodils. Cause Wait, that, does that come out next week? Because that'll be that'll be the first of the <laughs> this 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 uh uh odd at the end of summer lull that makes no sense. As Matt said, it feels like we're in February right now. Alright, well uh we'll be announcing our next uh film on on Facebook. Yeah. If if I remember to do it. Uh, <laughs> so all right, well, uh, until next time, I'm Chris Klump. I'm angry. I'm done. <laughs> we'll see you next time.